I'm going to come from a place today, I'm passionate about the gospel of Jesus Christ because it was the very thing 21 years ago that saved my life. I'm passionate about my Maori tanga, but I, really, I believe that in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, and God said, let us create all men in our image. And it says that he was happy with that. Proverbs 27, verse 19, it says, as the face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the man. You are a true reflection of the God that created you. He's a respecter of no man, but a creator of all. He doesn't, he's not a respecter of man that he might choose anyone, by the Israelites maybe, as his chosen people. But as was said up here, two contexts to that that I could see, that God leaves the 99 and comes for the one. Now I'm going to liken that to my people, the Māori people. We're a stubborn people. We are haka people. We are, we're always doing this. But here it is, that God has a plan, and sometimes he might take 99 different ethnicities to leave you sit here for a while, but to come back for a whole nation of Māori because we're that big-headed. But he loves us that much that he would still come for the one and bring us into the place. Not that we might be special, but absolutely, yes, we are. We're made in his image, and he sent his son, that we might be saved for him. And there's so much in that, and the richness and the grace and our God is just incredible, and I can just get up here, as you all can, and profess to that. Number two, I just want to thank the men from yesterday. Um, I'm, I'm humble like Pastor here. We were just, I think we were just feeding Burley on our lines, and those guys were all, oh, look at this. I think one part there, I turned around, and oh, the anointing's in that corner. We'll just, yeah, yeah, it's over there, yeah, yeah. Um, but I just want to thank the men, because what I learned was that they were Young men may be in the faith who had incredible stories but have had a supernatural encounter with God that surpasses the understanding of men because in a practical sense we can do things but when God up, turns up supernaturally, he takes and exceeds what you have and it's unexplainable. And Michael, may the father of favor continue to bless you with favor beyond your, your, what you've known. I heard a bit of your story, there was this much. The God that I know owns a thousand cattle on a thousand hill and may that continue to be produced for the, the kingdom and so forth and so forth and so forth and that you might just continue to fall on your knees and bow and say, Father, I'm not worthy. But you've loved me so much. And for the rest of our men that are on a fishing boat, my brothers, but I envy here about the fish, but that's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll get over that, we'll get over that. Two things I want to talk about. My wife touched on, there's a Māori story, narratives in our country. There's Toiro, and my end of there's Te Rauparaha, Mātine Te Whiwhi, there's so many. Urimutahu Pōtiki Ratana, up north, Ohi Bay, there's our country within the last 200 years. Everybody say after me, the footprint of faith is deep and wide in this land. That was Brother Alfred Nyaro, that was the same. But here, believe it, because the footprint of faith is deep and wide in this land. Within the last 200 years, we've had encounters, our people, Māori and Pākehā, that are beyond our understanding, and those narratives are still sitting there now to be taught to our young people that there was a visitation of God, the Holy Spirit, Christ and His grace, and God Almighty inhabited these lands and the people of it and sustained us in a way that was just phenomenal. The stories are still being told. And look, I don't take anything away from Smith Wigglesworth and all those guys and, and T.D. Jakes. They're incredible men of God. But if we would only just look at the reflection God's given us as a nature, his hand, his, his signature print in our country, the one country out of the 99, if you like, he's been here. Can he do it again? Absolutely. And you know when he turns up best? When we're empty of ourselves. Last year in the political arena, we all had packards this way, that way. I was national not because our brother Alfred's in there. A man of God, man of integrity. And then all of a sudden... 
People just fell and just heads were down. Christianity too. You see, it's not our fight to be confident in the flesh, but it's our fight is to be strong in the spirit realm. And the spirit realm is fought at home, on the side of your bed, on your knees. You see, when we come forward and we protest in the physical sense, we're no different from those in the community who are looking for the true sense of a true God, of of a supernatural thing to happen. We conform to the ways of the world, and the world plus the world gets the world. But a praying man, a woman, a a grandmother of 80 years who have not known Christ, when they come to that revelation that can't be taught but caught, something changes. Boom! Supernatural encounter. The grace of God. I was given an illustration by an older man and head owner and I when 20 years ago we were mentored in an open brethren church. We were the youngest by 50 years. And that was okay. <laughs> sort of. Um, but an older man, he, he, he was telling the story and he had likened God like this big container of honey and he's just wanting just to pour it out and lavish it on us. But we're like this knife before it hits the bread. We just continue to to push it away and to push it away. And so what he was saying was, is we're just never content with what God wants to give us. We're only content with what we can see tangibly, what I can do, what I can do. Everybody say korowai. Hands up if you know what a korowai is. Okay. A korowai is a cloak. I'm going to talk about a cloak of grace today. We're talking about two worlds coming together, the Māori and the Pākehā, the Māori narrative, the Pākehā narrative. Pākehā have a beautiful narrative as well. Let's go far beyond Captain Cook. Hey, there's a big story out there. Grab the context in its fullest. If we're able to sit in unity as one people, we need to understand two sides of the story. Just like us on the boat yesterday, although we weren't catching anything, but if you're all on one side of the boat, it's going to flip up. There's an imbalance, eh? There's an imbalance. Our Māori whānau, we really need to get that in us. I'm Scottish, probably my teeth look more Scottish than anything, but it's a, it's a part of me. We've got to learn these. We've got to learn these. Yeah, yeah. For if God and his grace is sufficient for all of us, we need to see from his eyes, his perspective, and open our hearts to his ideals. Okay. Korowai. I'm going to share a couple of, three particular stories in the, in the Bible. I'm not a Bible teacher. It's very simple. God speaks really simply to me because I'm a simple man. Thank you, Lord. But if you've got your Bibles or your E-pad or iPad, G-pad, whatever you're looking at, can we turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 16, from verses 13 to 17. So that's Matthew. I'm saying this again for myself. Listen to myself. Chapter 16, Stacey. Yep, that's the number before 17. Verse, verses 13. Now we know at this time, we know that in the time of Jesus there was, there was a resistance, there was a, a religious resistance. The Sadducees, the Pharisees who were um, the great theologians of the time and they were actually a stumbling block for the disciples but Jesus continued not to get up and, and probably at times he spoke with the disciples but he wasn't the person to get up there with his placard and go, this is the way, this is right. But he taught them in ways of truth and he always, most of the time, he reverted back to scripture because it was going to be the thing that would sustain them when he was gone. Yeah. Holy Spirit would come and teach and counsel them. Okay, so within this narrative, let's read it. Chapter 16, verse 13. When Jesus came into the, when Jesus came into the region of Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do men say I, the Son of Man, am? 
So they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who was in heaven. You see, don't get me wrong, we need to be studying the scripture, but the ideal is, is to study the scripture with revelation from God. You see, if you can be taught something, you can be untaught a truth. You can learn a truth, and then you can unlearn a truth. Or God, by his divine power, in your space, on your knees, within your intimate, not to be, it's just how we commune with God. Father, teach me, show me. Give me something that I can hold that will be truth and that will stick. And when revelation comes, as Peter got it, it wasn't Elijah, it wasn't Jeremiah, it wasn't those guys, they were incredible prophets. Those men, once again, were signposts to the Christ who was to come. We live in community now where COVID's hit. I heard someone say it before, it might have been earlier. And when COVID's hit, our lives have changed, whether we like it or not. We go to the supermarket. Most supermarkets are closed, 7.30. Pack and save used to be 10 o'clock, just for a small example. Well, when the small things in life change and it starts to be noticeable, and then even anxiety falls, like you were talking about in here, we become anxious. Why are we anxious? Because no longer... We, we know that one plus two, after two comes three, and after three comes four. But we're no longer in control of what's going to happen this week, next week. We have our plans, and we've always known man will plan, but God will establish his ways if we commit them to him. But all of a sudden, we're in a space now where we're, we're thinking about that. Well, I really want to do this, but the TV's telling me that this is going to happen, possibly. <clears throat> so we're living in a space now where even the unbeliever out there within my community... Just share a quick story with Hirana and I. We were doing some, uh, uh, what do you call them, podcasts or whatever on the internet. I just talk on it and people see the stuff. And, um, but what that done was is that I, I thought, man, there's no one there. And it, it didn't really matter, but the thing was that uh, there are people there that I will not see, you will not see, longing for the truth. People who mocked and cussed the very God that I serve and love and sing flat on on the internet just to get a message across. But those very people are in this predicament now. They don't know who Jeremiah or Elijah is, but they're thinking, okay, Stacey, I'm watching you, you don't know me, but who is it? Who is this God? Sons and daughters of the Christ, the revelation that you've received as the truth, as the gospel, that time is so ripe now that your peers in your community, my cousins who cuss my God, just can't get enough. Who is he? Tell me more. And, but it was said by pastor that we're more than enough. His grace is sufficient for us. There's nothing great that we have to learn to become. For Jesus has come, the two thieves on the cross at the very last one of their life, and today you'll be in paradise with me. He didn't have to get off the cross and do sit-ups or, you know, he didn't have to do anything. It was without cost, but it was the great love of God. My brothers and sisters, when you guys start preaching from the seats, which I heard this morning, people coming up here and celebrating the small wins, which are incredible wins. Because when you start celebrating that stuff, the world doesn't do that. The world tells me, say, don't celebrate that. Just be quiet, bro. Sit down. Humility, sit down. That's false humility. But when you come in here, you're celebrating a birthday. You've got a little girl, my, first, my brother's first birthday, and then the next one comes up. Then my 80-year-old nana. You start celebrating that stuff. Things change. Yeah. 
things change. Why does it change? Because you believe in a God that's supernatural, who is and still is to come, who's enabled. Every person that's in this place today, you're not here by accident. It was, divine, um, it was a divine appointment before time. God made no mistakes. He got you here. Not to listen to me, but to hear once again the word of God to encourage us in the ways of truth, to give us, be a light unto, a lamp unto our feet. Okay, talking too much. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. I'm going somewhere here, whānau. Now, this story is about Jesus in the community. And the thing that I love about Jesus is before anything's said, the, the illustrator, the, the publisher, puts a heading to it and it says, the compassion of Jesus. Everybody say compassion. compassion. One more time, compassion. compassion. You see, compassion, a love of the blueprint of Jesus Christ. It's his currency from the beginning of time to the ending of time. The world doesn't know what compassion is. The world knows, give me, give me some more. Are you done? Thank you. Give me, give me some more. Are you done? Thank you. Are you hurting? I'm sorry, ask him. Next, next, next. But you see, Jesus' way is so different, 180 degree turn from what man is, and that's what we need, is compassion. What does compassion do? See, the compassion of Jesus, it allowed him, although supernatural divine, it still allows us to stand in the place to hold tension where we don't understand each other. Everybody say hold tension. There's been tension since the year 1840 in New Zealand. There was a treaty written, and lots of my Tupuna have written terrible songs about that tension. Apparently it was a tug of war and you guys were all on one side and just one of us and we lost. But here's the thing. God's way and his blueprint and his currency of compassion will propel you into the place of holding the tension between two ethnics to allow God to leave the 99 to come and to continue to gather us that we might become the hundredth into the kingdom. He's ushering us in. He has a plan. He has a plan. We have to believe that. And we have to believe that his love is so great that it doesn't discriminate against each other. This flesh stuff here, I'm this iwi, you're that iwi. Certainly I am. But I serve a God who has a iwi. Many hapu, many sub-tribes within. Everybody say, hold the tension. Okay, let's go to one last story. I just chose these stories because I can read them. Okay, the book of Mark, chapter 10. I just want to say, I feel, I, I sense the Holy Spirit, as Pastor Ants was saying too. I'm going to say this again, you're more than enough. People in here, you need to hear that you're more than enough. You're more than enough to hear the truth. You're more than enough to accept it. You're more than enough. You don't have to do anything. You're more than enough. You're more than enough. You're more than enough. More than enough. Okay, I'm speaking to Stacy again. Mark chapter 10, verse 46 to 52. I said this morning, I love this piece of scripture, so I um, might deviate a couple of words. You can correct me a bit later, but the narrative of the story of Jesus, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, on the side of the road, a begging man, a man who's known what oppression is, has lived in a, in, a, in, a, in a space where people cussed him, walked past him, not fed him, hated on him, spat on him, told him to be quiet. I don't say that that's our Māori, but I want to build a picture. 
that there's two voices in the crowd that's about to come. Now this man put his hope in the son of David, which was Jesus. He knew that he was coming. And it says that as Jesus came with his disciples and a multitude. So you've got disciples who are learning, students of Jesus. Then you've got a multitude. Within the multitude are non-believers. I want to feed. What's he going to give me? Can I rip him off? They're following Jesus, all sorts of people. But the word tells us there are two voices in the crowd. Now, I want you to put this into a Māori Pākehā context. I'm not making a fight here. I just want to build on this kōrawai that you might see a kōrawai of grace that he'll unveil within that story, eh? Okay, everybody say kōrawai of grace. Thank you, Jesus. You are there. Jesus comes along, disciples and the multitudes that you'll read in there. And as he gets closer, Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, he calls out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The first voice pops up within the multitude in the crowd that are following. Shh, surely, be quiet. Shh, stop it. Brother, brother hands, shh, shh. Stacy, get up. (laughs) Be quiet. Two voices in the crowd, be quiet. But you see, when opportunity came to him, he knew. He had to grasp and take opportunity. And then he popped up, and then he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He was intentional about the God that he was about to call on. He knew that his days of oppression in that place, hopes come to town, I can't see him. I sense him. But everything that I can't see spiritually, I know. That's revelation. You see, because in the practical sense, he could not see, his eyes were closed, but his spirit man was willing. Will you close your eyes today and open your spirit man to receive what God wants to show you from a supernatural sense to propel you, not just within your life and your community, but put you in a place that where multitudes will come, not to you, but come and ask, bro, what is this? Who is this? What's going on? Tell me. We need supernatural. Say supernatural, everybody. Lord, you're so good. And this is the beautiful thing I like. After they tell him, be quiet. He calls out again, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. That loud, he got the attention of Jesus. And it happens lots of times in the New Testament. Just walking along, I'm not Jesus, let's pretend. (laughs) Yes, that's. (laughs) Jesus stops. And then he says to the multitude, not anyone in particular, he says to the multitude, call him forward. The second voice comes in. There's a part of that, of that um, multitude that maybe understand the grace and the importance of believing and having grace for this fellow to come forth. And they say, he calls you, be of good, of good leisure. He, he calls you, come forth. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Some of you in here have had that voice. You, come forward in your own space, in your brokenness, in your needing time. And here's the, here's the big pinpoint for me, if this might make sense to you. And then when Bartimaeus stood, it says he takes off his cloak, his kōrawai, the representation of every oppression that's held you in depression, of every thought of anxiety, of every space that where you've not been enough, of every space of not being able to eat where people have passed you by as nobody. But in that space, within the lines, Jesus says, you're more than enough. And I've heard you, son. And then he calls him forward. Bartimaeus comes forward as the scriptures say and then once again the obvious thing Jesus asks him what would you have do for me and you see there's something about being intentional with 
professing with your mouth, asking. You have the power and the authority of God the Holy Spirit and His goodness to be able to speak life or death. He didn't just speak, He was asking for life that I might see. And then it simply says, Jesus says, didn't heals him. And then He says, be on your way. The last bit, Bartimaeus follows Jesus. Bartimaeus joins the crowd of the disciples, the multitude, believers, non-believers, curses, non-curses, lovers, non-lovers, grace, no grace, all within that space. I stand on behalf of my Iwinati Rokuoki Te Tonga no Te Tai Tonga Nei O Harumai Ki Roto Ki Akotau Nei I've taken my garment off a long time ago Each time we speak about our garment And when I meet new brothers and sisters of new different ethnicities Whether you're India, Pakistan, African God is a respecter of no man But I take my kurua off And I've come forward to my Christ And He's healed me from the inside out but as I gather to the journey where Jesus moves on and I follow him with the multitude, I ask you, my brothers and sisters, Māori and Pākehā, are you willing to give me your korowai of love? Are you ready to speak over my life to call me into a place that where I might belong? Are you ready to embrace me with the korowai of grace? Without the korowai of grace and the blueprint and the currency of the love of Jesus Christ, you will fall on deaf ears every time because it's not a practical move. It's a supernatural move that is only the currency and the love of Jesus Christ that allows us to truly become one. Everybody say one. Everybody say kotahitanga. One, kotahitanga. English, one, one people. Kotahitanga, Māori, means the same thing. Truly coming together. We will never understand each other till the end of time. But we're not asked to do that. We're asked to love our neighbours as we love ourselves. Just before I close up, we didn't have an altar call this morning. And when I talk about altar call, please don't think, oh, here we do the five minute up and down thing. This is your life. You might have been sitting in church for 40, 50 years. You might have it all up here. But remember, what you might have been being taught, you can be untaught. But do you want new revelation today? And I'm not saying the new wave thing. You want a new encounter with God. My life has been, I ride a motorbike and I've had to get my handlebars done, all the chromes come off. And I get like that from time to time. My life gets rusty. And you know what? My Father and His grace is so powerful. I come into my own space and I say, Lord, I'm just, I've done it again. And I hate it and I hate me. And then this peace of overwhelming peace comes over me and He says, you're more than enough. Receive might have been in that space. You might have walked in the door on your last $5. You might just come in here because the cousin said, or you might have come in because you've seen a couple of tamoko and we we're going to give you an incredible spiel on te taha Māori. We can do that over a cup of tea, but in this space, the very time that God ordained you, this divine moment that you were here, you were here not just to hear, but to receive. Not from me, but our God. Every piece of trauma, wrongness in your life, brother. <laughs> you know, the greatest Tangati that I know, Jesus, He laid it down. My people lay your taiaha down. Your new weapons of warfare are found on your knees, asking the divine Jesus, my Lord and Savior. My Pākehā brothers, please have the grace 
You might be in the 99 and going, come on, Māoris, we're still in that one that Jesus has come for us, though, and he's doing something, and he's searching us out. And we know we're lost, but we're waiting for him to turn up in his fullness, and we might know the fullness of his love to come back in. You might not know who this Jesus is, people. Guys might have just thought, yep, this Jesus guy. Once upon a time in the Garden of Eden, man was perfect in his own sense, and God was happy with that, and sin entered the world. When you and I are born into our bodies, all these years later, we're born into that sin. But God made a way. 2,000 years ago, he sent his son into the world to we as a human for 30 years. He, he, and, and he walked in his calling to Christ, the son of God, for three years. And the miracles and, and just whatever he'd done in that time, there's not enough books, I believe, on the earth to contain or to talk about what he'd done. But here's the thing, whatever he done wasn't just for that time, it was an example for a time of such and a time to come. You are in the time to come. Our flawed record is not a good enough to come into heaven into a righteous God, but he gave his son. He gave his son. Two things, what, what says in the, in the scriptures, it says, therefore God said, love the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him, Jesus, would not perish eternally live on and on in glory forever and ever. And then the Bible says that he didn't send his son into the world to condemn it, but through his son, through his son, you and me, you and me, you and me, that the world might be saved for him. One last thing I just want to say before Jesus went away, and I often love this. There was a man called Doubting Thomas, one of the 12 disciples. You guys know it. And he says, Thomas says to Jesus, where are you going? John 40. And Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Thomas, he didn't say Thomas, but let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. In that time, those guys believed in God. Messiah, they're still working it out, especially Thomas. Oh, I don't know, bro. He said, you believe in God. And then Jesus said, but also believe in me. And then he gave the illustration. For in my Father's house, there are many mansions. A mansion for you, 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 you. In my Father's house, there are many mansions. And if it weren't so, I wouldn't have told you. And then Jesus talks about the work that he's about to go into. And he says, but if I go, and when I go, he's talking about going home to the Father, I will prepare a place for you. And then I will return one day and receive you unto myself. It's the truth of it all. He sits at the right throne of the Father intercessing on behalf of you and I. What do you believe that, Stacey? Because the Bible tells me so. So you believe the Bible? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going to finish there. I was given free time, but that's enough time. But I am going to do a call today. Everyone bows their heads. Everybody stand, please. Everybody stand. I'm just going to pray. I'm going to ask you of a couple of things. Father, you're so good to us. Our small expression of an incredible God and ourselves, we see how small and minute we are. But although, Father God, how great your love is, that you would send a part of yourself to redeem us unto yourself. Holy Spirit, you bring increase. But in this space, with every head bow, we ask that you would intervene into the lives of those that are here. Father, I pray that for whatever reason, Lord God, that every stumbling block be moved. 